Welcome to Go Home Heat, a WrestleMania podcast. I am here with Justin, who has called in. I am here. That's what I'm talking about. He's here. Mania begins with a delay. A long delay. It was, and luckily for them, they have oodles of people that make a living talking. And then they got Braun Strowman. Who, yes, Braun Strowman he's, with, he's there. with the epic um, promo pre, pre-thing. Seth was a little all over the place. He seemed fired up. Owens did a great job. Um, Not fired up? Do you mean uh, he seemed like he'd been hanging out with Kate Moss or something? Or yeah, you know, yes, yes, he was mainlining Red Bull backstage. Looked like it. Yeah, <laughs> giddy, practically giddy. But we do get it started eventually. We begin this event with a singing of the national anthem, and then we move into Lashley versus. Drew McIntyre, opening match. Did you have thoughts on this thing? Oh, yeah. I've made my thoughts very clear on this thing that they were. I still say they're stupid for breaking up the Hurt Business. But at least, at least, they got smart and and went with the right angle here. And, uh, man, it was great. They made a great moment. They made a great opening for the show. It was incredible. It gave me a whole sense of uh, that this might be way better than I anticipated. Yeah, and I think that was the theme for the night. This was way better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. <laughs> it was It was the story they told. You know, you have Drew, who's been booked for months as this killer. You know, and even, when they, even when they put him down, it took... Bobby to put him down after a rough and tumble match in order to open the door for the Miz and that then they broke up the hurt business and had Bobby everything points to you know you have this brutal fight in the middle of the ring and they go outside it's still brutal Drew doing the Undertaker move over the top and kind of landing flat on his back between between MVP and Lashley, and then we, uh, you know, the battle is over. Who gets to the finisher first, right? And they mm-hmm. allude, they allude a couple of times to Drew might be able to break this thing as he powers out just before Bobby's able to get his hands in. When Bobby does finally, there is a moment where the Claymore may come. MVP screams at Bobby and helps roll him out of the ring after Bobby falls on his own. There's a moment where the Claymore may come and MVP yells, and for whatever reason, Drew bothers Drew to pay attention pay to that. Attention. Yeah, and that cost him the Claymore there. When Bobby does, when when Bobby does get his hold, his hurt business lock, his hurt lock in, Drew struggles to the corner. He kind of climbs it with his feet and pushes over, and you think maybe he gets out that way. Bobby keeps it held in, and Bobby wins in 2021, an era where we don't sell Canadian Destroyers. We don't sell Super Kicks. We don't sell Exploding Bob Wire. Mm-mm. A man won a world title 
at the biggest event in the sport with a full Nelson. With a full Nelson. And it worked, and it looked great. He put Drew to sleep with it. I was stunned. I was happy. You? I loved it. I think it says a lot. I think you make a great point there. Everybody gets so hyped up about doing some sort of ridiculousness and it's not the move it's how you do the move it's how you sell the move it's how you build the move you can do the great like you know the Canadian Destroyer is one of the coolest moves in the world but if it, people just bounce up off of it all the time you, you lose it yeah. it has no you know it's not it, 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 is, it isn't even a chest slap anymore because people sell chest slaps no. You know, they'll sell Walter's chest flat well better than they'll sell a Canadian destroyer all day, every day. Yep, I was stunned at this. And that's the same point. That's the same point. The move—it's not the move. It's how you do it. It's how you put, how you sell it. It's how you build it. You know. Totally agree. Totally agree. Lana and Naomi versus Billy Kay and Carmella. As we start this thing out, and as you pointed out, they had an original pin there. As Billy Kay kind of gets the roll upish. And Carmella uses her feet in Billy Kay's back, I believe, in order to... And the ropes. And the ropes, yes. The cheating part. It was slick. It was clever. Good way to start out this little gauntlet thing. We lose Lana and Naomi, which I thought for sure they would be one of the last few in the, in the competition. Second time around, Carmella tries the same dastardly deed in the Riot Squad. The ref notices this time the Riot Squad is able to counter they came in dressed as harley quinn and the joker to some degree and they wind up going over here they have some very nice combo moves anyway mm -hmm. then we wind up with um natty tamina and uh oh i'm sorry i forgot about team wardrobe malfunction oh um, jesus dana and and mandy that they came out and swung Swung for the fences there early a little bit with the knee. Didn't quite get the pin. And then they go out pretty quickly. We do get Tamina Natty. And that is who winds up going over. The, the moment in this match to me was when Natty could have done the sharpshooter but hands those honors over to Tamina who does her ode to her father, the Superfly Splash, and I thought that was a great moment to give Tamina, a person who hasn't had a lot of these style moments in a very strong career for a sports entertainer. What did you think? I enjoyed it completely. Mm -hmm. And I, I thought it was fun. I thought everything about it was entertaining. You know? Mm -hmm. I just, it wasn't going to be those matches are never going to be technical, you know. No. Wonder classes. They're going to be interesting if you do them right. But that was a good story. It was fun. You know, and tomorrow night we get a, another match that may be really cool out of it. Now, it's the best possible ending. I know we talked about this a little bit yesterday. Do you think Natty and Tamina can go over? They could. I don't know if they you know, they'll give them that. I man, I think I would. 
I think I would give him that. I think that would be, and now don't get me wrong, I don't want this to be the kind of thing where Baszler and Nia break up, but a little adversity wouldn't hurt them. How many more shots does do Tamina and Natty have to have a moment where they're the, I mean, they oh, got a moment yeah. tonight. You know what I mean? They did get a moment to, uh, last night, which is great. But I, I feel like Nia and Baszler will get a championship. I, I would guess both of them at some point get a championship reign in this company mm-hmm. as, as a solo artist, you know? Um, I just can't see, I can't see Baszler not being the world champ with the belt held above her head during a WrestleMania. And I kind of have a hard time see like with, with Nia Jax, it's, it's almost like she's the big show. Like at some point you do have to go there, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but anyway, I, I, I still think, they retain, but it is within the realm, you know? Yeah. Now we get Seth Rollins, uh, with Cesaro in what I thought was a fantastic match. It only went 11 minutes. I know. I didn't realize that till later that they really just banged that thing in. Yeah. And I thought it did not need one more second. No, it was perfect. Right. Right. It was an absolute perfect match. You had Seth going with many of his moves that are uh, signature for him. And then he also broke out like he did some form of a corkscrew frog splash thing. Yeah. You know, I asked Ray, who's pretty good with moves, if he had ever seen Seth do that. And he said he's not sure if he's ever seen anybody do that move. That's crazy. He's, he, uh, Man, the he broke out a lot of the old, you know. Mm-hmm. He hit his and stuff. He hit his pedigree, you know, and it was great. He hit that little move where he's going for the stomp, and he floats over, he catches his leg on the on the um, knee, hooks, and it comes. Yeah, hooks the foot. Mm-hmm. He did the uh, my arms are crossed on the rope. When you pull my feet, I flip over, and we get the hitsaguri. Obviously, the springboard knee, all that stuff. Cesaro though, and it's a it's a too bad you know I'm a Seth Mark right, but yeah, I'll, I'll I'll admit that, and I think that what he's doing right now and losing basically every round, like he he beats Shinsuke, but I almost feel like if he winds up in a rivalry with Shinsuke, he'll lose. He you know yeah. he beats Mysterio, he beat Drew Buddy, but in the realm of things, he winds up losing the rivalry to both. You know, uh, Kevin Owens, same thing. What he's doing right now is showing, uh, I don't know if generosity is the right word, but in this case with Cesaro, don't you feel like he went to them and said, I almost did. Hey, why, why don't I go out there and with Cesaro and show you what this guy can do? Yeah. Let me tell you about my boy over here. Yeah, right. <laughs> like I've been trying to tell you, but since I'm not in a championship program right now, you know, you last last year you said, "Hey, go out there with Kevin Owens. You got nothing else. We know you guys can wrestle." And they did something special out of nothing. And Kevin gets a little quick reboot, right? Because once Jericho was gone, he floundered as one of their MCs for a while. Yeah. Kevin comes out of this program due to a, you know his own work because he took a throwaway program at a Mania and made it something. But Seth was there as well, and that turns into him getting a shot at Roman. 
down the you, you know what I'm saying? Uh huh. And maybe this is the springboard for Cesaro to get that mid card title run whenever Big E or Apollo's done with it, and then maybe get a shot at it. Even if you don't win the world title, I think he's definitely moved a huge step closer. Now, whether they keep moving him is always the question. You know, do they get they forget him in a month or something like that? <clears throat> but last night he looked like a superstar. He did. He did when when he did the what is the the airplane? Yeah, <clears throat> the airplane spin with no hands. Called it the UFO. Yeah, and then Seth goes flying and spinning around the world, and it it sounds ridiculous when you say it, and it and both that and the swing can be somewhat ridiculous looking. However, they are so impressive. When you think about the the power, strength, and coordination, and all the things that it takes to make that move work. You know, Seth's, Seth's probably two fifteen. Yeah, dude. And and he's, he's not swinging around. You know, any somebody small. Right, and he doesn't even have him, his hands on him. And that dude spinning in circles around on his neck, mm-hmm. like Circus de Soleil or something. Right. Um. He his European Brady's like that'd be tough. Yeah. <clears throat> his European uppercuts are great. He um, you know, Seth goes running in off. You think he's. Seth gets the match to where he always gets his matches, right? I'm going to stomp this guy. And it, it's very, it was very reminiscent of when Randy Orton RKO'd him. And instead, he catches a European uppercut under the chin, and that leads to the airplane, that leads to the swing, that leads to the uh, what's he, the neutralizer. And we get the one, two, three, and then you know the crowd pops and goes wild. And I thought this was great. I thought for sure it was going to be match of the night, but it did for me. It didn't wind up being, which was even better. That it which was is a good sign. Yeah, absolutely. Now we move into Big E introing the new day. Xavier Woods, Kofi Kingston versus AJ, and almost we had not seen almost wrestle. We go probably seven to eight minutes before we even see almost get into the ring because AJ. And the New Day have a wonderful little tag team match without AJ's partner. Eventually, AJ, they cut the ring off. They they bother to tell the announcer. Woods is doing a running commentary along with the commentary by the announcers. Oh, and it's excellent. Let's, let's be honest. He, he might have been slightly better than Michael Cole here. Um, but <laughs> that was the punchline. Or was that was... That was probably that was actually given. that was, <laughs> yeah. But I, that, was a, that was an accurate statement, sir. Oh uh, yeah, right. Actually, I do think that was Tom Phillips, though, right? The raw. Oh, who cares? Either way, okay. But we wind up with almost coming in and being booked as if he's Andre the Giant, and I did not think. I didn't think I could enjoy anybody being booked like that again. You know, and yet he was in there with the perfect uh, foils for this type of thing because Kofi and Xavier are so great at at selling things. And neither of them is very big, right? So when they run up on almost, they're, you know, Kofi's probably eye to eye with his his lowest rib. Yeah. And it's not even close, buddy. And and Woods is probably, Woods is probably below the belly button, you know, eye to eye. So when he's scooping them up, it looks like he's just picking up children. And, and the finish is you have Kofi, who not that long ago we had a Kofi mania, and he was this indomitable force. 
and he's laying there unconscious with a foot on his chest for the three count. And then, you know, of course, AJ is going to be incredibly insufferable in this scenario going forward. Oh, he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's going to be terrible. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah. They, I mean, they, you know, they go to the next segment, and AJ's on his shoulders at about nine foot three off the ground, holding the belts in the air. Did you enjoy this? I had a fun time with it, dude. I thought I did not mind the New Day losing. I didn't like the New Day actually getting the belt back off the Hurt Business in the first place. So it didn't exactly piss me off that they lost it again that quick. And that dude is, again, he's a spectacle. Yeah. And unlike other guys that they've, I mean, I know they just put Kali in the Hall of Fame. Yes. That dude was useless. Well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not as, as a human being. He's a wonderful human being. I, I bet he's a nice guy, fun actor. But in the wrestling ring, he was he was hurt. it was painful to watch. He made Kevin Nash look like a ballerina. <laughs> this guy is a real like, like you said, Andre the Giant kind of phenomenal human specimen. Yeah. And he moves good enough so far that he doesn't do. He doesn't have. Does he have to do much? When he grabbed Kofi's wrist in his hand, or Xavier's wrist in his hand, and his hand engulfed that man's wrist like it was a right. You know, it's going from hand uh, to elbow. (laughs) Yeah, and then he just swings him, and it looks like he got you know, you know, and. Kofi doesn't have to do too much to go with that. You know, that Agreed. dude is that big. Yes. <laughs> Agreed. And it, he he is the kind of guy, like, his size is so overwhelming that you can have, I mean, you have, this is the land of the, of the giant anyway. So, you know, Drew McIntyre can get a win over him sometimes. A... A Walter could get a win over him. Uh, you know, a Bobby could get a win over him. However, even those guys would, you know, look at that and think, "Well, this is going to be a tough day's work." Just like you, just like you had with Big Show, who Big Show, despite the weird bookings over the course of a very long career, um, he was one of probably the most athletic big man of like oh, definitely. the seven footer style guys, and. Um, I just I'm, I'm looking forward to this because it does give it a different aspect, you know. And and I will say this too: we forget sometimes the live crowd because you watch it on TV. It's kind of like when you see a band or when you listen to a band on CD and you kind of forget that if you're in a room with that band, they're really really good. Uh huh. Maybe exactly. You know, and like, and you and you watch him and you know that. When the big show came out, no matter what they did with the booking, if you were in an arena with a 10-year-old, oh, my God, that's a walking dinosaur. I mean, it does it to you, too, as an adult, but it really does that to a kid. I, I, to, oh, this, yeah. to this day, I remember a buddy of mine that lives down the street, uncle, taking all of us to see WWE at the Civic Center, Hulk Hogan, Circa Hulk Hogan. Andre, Andre the Giant and Big John Studs got this program. If you can body slam me, you can have this briefcase full of money type thing. 
Big John Studd goes out there, gives a speech, and he's a big dude. You know, he's probably six eight, six nine. I don't know exactly what his numbers were. Andre comes out, and we didn't have great seats, but that dude looked like a walking dinosaur. Andre comes out, he gets in the ring, he picks Stud up, slams him, grabs his briefcase, and walks right out. And at that moment in time, it was the greatest thing I could have ever seen. Oh, dude, without a doubt, without a doubt. You, you know, or when we saw, like, at the Civic Center, when I saw Big Show um, get f 5 and the whole ring collapse. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's just, come on, man. You can't. Well, that's the thing, you know, Brock Lesnar brings the table that everybody forgets, too. Is, yeah, he is a great fighter, but he's a physical spectacle. Right. You don't see human beings that big move like that. That fat, right. he's, you know. You always hear the guys in the ring with him talk about how terrifying it is that he's like, you know, even in the octagon, the guy's like, you know, he's over there and then he's on top of you. And a guy that big shouldn't move that fast. Yeah, I heard Seth Seth give that radio radio show that when they asked him what it's like to be in the ring with him, he was like, look, man. He said, I may not like the fact that he works here part-time, but he's everything he's supposed to be. He he was over – he's over there – across the ring from you next thing you know he's behind you and then when he lets go of you on a suplex you you fly through the air he's it's not like you know you don't it's not he lets go and boom you hit the ground he lets go and then there's a distance in time while you're <laughs> while you <laughs> contemplate the wrongs of your life <laughs> yeah. until you land you know three four feet away from the man you know what i mean uh but anyway speaking of because we're moving on to the A, we'll just say A, wonder of the world, the human choo-choo train, Braun Strowman versus yes, Shane. Speaking of how you can ruin a giant. And Jerry Lawler is on commentary for some reason. Speaking of how you can ruin a match. <laughs> they really, they you know what they did here? They gave us a, a cage match to where interfer- interference, although there was interference in this match, we start out with Riker and Elias hit, hitting Braun with chairs to kind of explain how it's possible he could lose, obviously. Shane Shane having his greatest tool in a fight taken from him and the fact that he's not allowed to climb scaffolds and dive onto people. He only can yeah. go to the top of the um, cage. He's got a 20-foot ceiling. Yes, and so you do. You also have a couple of chairs in the ring, and Shane's able to utilize those. But they did give you a very high, uh, give themselves a high degree of difficulty in making this a good matchup. And I thought they kind of sort of achieved that. Mm-hmm. What I will give them again, I will say this match was not as bad as it could have been. Yes. Now the 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 key spots here are that. Shane has this thing won and he crawls out of the ring and in order to be the jerk that he is, he sticks his hand inside the fence, so clever, and waves goodbye. Mm-hmm. Braun takes one stride because Braun covers a lot of distance in one stride, grabs the man's wrist, and then rips the cage apart. And to be honest, like I a sardine can. I do believe that they did do a couple bumps on that cage right there. So it wasn't like it wasn't attached. It was semi-attached at least, dude. 
That dude can rip a, I, I have no doubt if say, Braun Strowman goes over and grabs a thing of chain link fence, he can pull it off. Yeah, he's a monster. I, that, you're not, you're not, you're not, that's not asking me to spend too much of my disbelief at all like that. <laughs> right. So he rips that. That, dude, that dude's a professional, he's professionally strong. Yes. That's all he does. Yeah, yeah. He grabbed that fence and ripped it back, and then he ripped Shane through the open area of the chain, the steel cage per se. And um, eventually, Shane gets things to where he climbs to the top in an attempt to escape. And Braun gets up there with him and tosses him off the top of the cage. Shane takes a god awful bump and then takes a running power slam and loses. Good enough, huh? Mm-hmm. I was fine with it. Okay. And so then, the and here was another one with a huge degree of difficulty going in. Miz and Morrison, with uh, they they have like 30 bunnies come bouncing down the runway there, life human-sized bunnies. And I don't know where you find human-sized bunnies. Evidently, they did. Maybe the Performance Center. Um then you had Demco, the Miz and Morrison come out to their hit single, um, You Bounce a Little, We Bounce a Lot. Completely ridiculous. They lean in 100% on it. Bad Bunny comes. Uh, for Next is Damian Priest. His presentation was fantastic, the way they lit up the building for him Always. to come out. Yeah. Um, he looked like a million bucks, and I do think that's one of the big things that needed to happen here is he needed to feel like a star. Um, and he does. He feels like big time. Yeah. And then B- Bad Bunny rides in on top of an 18-wheeler and comes down. I had no problem with the over-the-top entrance. He's a... No, 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 no. That dude's a superstar. It's spectacular. Again, WrestleMania is about spectacle as much as anything else. Correct. And then now he gets to the ring, and I was stunned at what the plot of this match was. The, I was, I was, I did not see that coming at all. The man who was not supposed to be, who isn't a pro wrestler, he's trying to learn how to be evidently very hard. He carries the first eight to ten minutes of this match by himself against both the Miz and Morrison. Now I say carry, and I'm, I'm, I'm that's that's alluding to something that didn't happen. Miz and Morrison did a great, great job of switching in and out and looking great but at selling for money. did the yeoman's work there, which again, that was a surprise for me because like 80% of the first of that match was Miz and Bad Bunny. The yeah. two guys you would not have picked. If you picked Bad Bunny in there, I would have said John Morrison would be in there 80% of the time, to, you know, because he can make anybody look like a superstar. Right. But, but in you, bu- you, Miz did so good. Absolutely. But in Bunny, to, to piggyback though on what the internet was saying, Bunny was good. Bunny did a great job. He did a great I, job. Yeah. It, 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 I bet that embarrasses Ray Mysterio. Because <laughs> his son has <laughs> been wrestling now for almost a year. He's never wrestled that good of a match. <laughs> okay. So then Priest does get the hot tag eventually and, and Ms. Morrison stumble out of the ring and Bunny tells him to go get him and he does the over the top. He does a nifty second rope foot on kind of a roll over the top. That's There's up. a name for it, like Kofi Kanahira. I don't know. It's one of those. I don't know it. But it's it's nice when he does it. and It looks slick. And then when they're stumbling to their feet, 
he points to the to the turnbuckle and Bunny climbs up to the top, does the crossbody onto both of them, and then he hits a Canadian destroyer outside the ring. Take that AEW. Um on John Morrison. On John Morrison. So John Morrison basically flips himself. Yeah. Which is yeah. Cody Bushi's like, I see that. I see that. That's pretty that. good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got you. I see what you do there. I got you. Drop you drop yourself on your own head. That's pretty good. You did it with a rap. <laughs> and then Bunny gets the pin on um on on I think Priest sets it up and then Bunny gets the the frog splash pin on uh-huh. this and it was well done, easy to watch. You you were kind of rooting for Bunny to pull it off. He's he's made yeah. The Miz and Morrison did a good job of being heelish the whole way in, and Bunny has done a good job of acting as if he cares and wants to be here. You know, he took the 24 seven title to Saturday night live and held it in his lap while he did a love song. You know what I mean? And yeah. <laughs> so it seems Here's like he's he, like, he, he, he evidently is a fan, you cor- know, correct. You tell fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's lit. Um, There's a difference between I'm here making money and I don't really want to embarrass myself. And I'm here trying to live out a dream. Yeah. Even if this dream is only he, for a month. He, he rolled the dice on living his dream, and he did a spectacular job. I mean, if you'd have told me he gave Pat McAfee a run for his money, I, I'd have said you were crazy, but he sure as hell did. He did not beat Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee's a performance. But for a guy who started out with a lot less to work with than Pat McAfee, yes. as being an athlete and stuff like that, I think he did a spectacular job. Right, and, and you said something while we were watching it that was just so true in that what he does for a living is performing in front of people. It is not this. It is not. There's no way after one month's training or two months' training, even if he trained before he ever walked on TV, it wasn't that much, mm-hmm. that he was prepared to go out in front of a stadium with people in it and not be hyperventilating, getting off the top. I mean, just riding in on top of a dang 18-wheeler would, would make your heart pop a little bit, you know? And then Oh, yeah, dude. That's you, not, that can go wrong. And then you're in the middle of the ring, and you know, you're know you doing a physicality type of thing that isn't normal. Your breathing, you're going to have to monitor your breathing, the, the rate at which you're breathing, you know? I just mm-hmm. so impressed with what that guy was able to pull off there without – it's just amazing, amazing the what he was able to do, and of course, Miz and Morrison, big big kudos to them, because they had to go out there and make this work. And there's another theme that runs through this thing over, but we'll get to after this next match. I hope I don't forget because we move into the main event of the evening: Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair. This is, and I don't want to. I don't feel qualified to go too far into this, but this is the first time you had two females and two African-American females in a main event together. And the only reason why I mention this, the one, it deserves mentioning Two, I just think there are people that Mm -hmm. can speak on this better than I can. That's all I'm, that's all I'm saying. Like, and if you want to read on that, please find some forums that can, can do this more justice than I can, but they are, Mm -hmm. I don't think you can tell the story without saying, it starts with them looking at each other crying in the middle of the ring because of where the their moment. dream in life has taken them. Right? 
and they're in the middle of this ring achieving something that's never been done before in this on a, on in a company that's that literally us uh, specializes in grandness they're having mm-hmm. one of its grander moments and then they proceed to have match of the night quite I, I I don't think there's any question in my mind that it's the best women's match a WrestleMania has ever had I think so and just because the the storytelling the emotion the back and forth just this it was just right the emo- the emotion of you know Sasha utilizing you know you can tell that Bianca prior her hair is a thing, right? It, it, is a, it is a living whip, but it is also a thing that gives her pride. You can tell the way she swings it around, the way she yeah. carries herself. Her look is very important to her. And Sasha utilizing, and we've seen it used to hurt her many times, especially in the last two or three weeks, which they did a good job of people she was in con- in uh, conflict with in the ring utilizing her hair against her, right? Mm-hmm. And then down the stretch, she's able to use it to win a tug of war that pulls Sasha into something. She's able to, and dude, when she hits her with the whip at the end and splits her stomach, I mean, oh, dude, oh. did you see the well? She broke skin with that. I mean, it sounded like a real whip, but she broke skin on Sasha's belly with that thing. And I don't mm-hmm. think that was the plan. You know what I'm saying? But that was crazy. And, but I do think that was, um, there's there is something in there about you know what people foresee as your weakness if you can control it is really your strength type of thing exactly you know and there's also the sasha's been here she's done done this before and that was kind of the story we told early on and they did it very very well sasha is as good a worker as the world has ever seen when it comes to this stuff um you know you there are things that all those horsewomen have first of all they're all great workers right mm-hmm. um, Becky probably being the worst of the workers but also very good at showing vulnerability in a fight scenario almost Austin-ish if people compared her to Austin and that is where I think maybe that comparison holds the truest other than being really good on the stick is that she does absorb punishment and sell that really well mm-hmm. dude Sasha's hero was Eddie Guerrero, and you can absolutely see it in the way she works. Oh, definitely. You know, and she constantly goes for broke. The way Bianca was able to, the the fact that the I'm the new thing. I'm. You said when she came out to the ring, she's the style of athlete we haven't seen in the sport before in the women's division. She's a division one track athlete. She is a power lifter. She she was a sprinter, I think, at that age, maybe a, a hurdler as well. She was a um, a power lifter post that. She set records at the uh, performance center in tryouts and in their workout days. She um, we've seen her scoop Otis up and carry him. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh yeah. And she gets Most out. Surprising pers- person in the room was Otis. Right and. She's standing outside the ring, and Sasha does the cross-body suicida, and she catches her John Cena style and rolls. Remember, it was funny because we were talking. We were like, if they booked her like Booker T, 
that would be amazing. And then, and then she did that, and you were like, or or John Cena, and because she, or John Cena, yeah, she rolls through. Um, she's a little more fluid than Cena. No, oh, already, yeah. Nothing against Cena. I mean, Cena, you know, he's one of the greats. But but this match, like you pointed out throughout this whole match, was the fluidity. They never was missed. way better than you could expect. They never missed a step. You know, sometimes with Sasha, she just goes for broke so much she may slip or fall or whatever. That didn't happen tonight. And now everybody's performing, and, and you know the the ring was dry-ish, but all of that area couldn't be dry. It rained so hard before this thing started. You know, there's uh-huh. no way that runway was completely dry. There's no way the the ground outside. You know, the humidity had to be through the roof anyway with the rain just now passing. But aside from that. She hits the crossbody. Bianca rolls under, rolls with it through, stands just like Cena, and has her gripped, puts her onto her shoulders, lifts her up above her head, military press style, walks up the steps, military pressing a human, even though Sasha's smaller, tosses her over into the ring. And that was like, oh, okay, this is different. You know, and then mm-hmm. she gets into the ring and she uh Standing suplexes her straight up in the air, keeps her there, bounces her off the rope, lifts her, elevates her again, bounces her again off the rope, lifts her. Didn't really bounce her, though. More lowered her and lifted her, which is even, you know. Then when they get Uh to the ring, there was a bit of a thing where she may have lost the balance on her, but Sasha was able to uh, reduce her body size. They were selling that she, oh, and then she pulled. I don't know. Either way, it, it got me into the match. She totally, I, I get where you're going too, because it did look like she kind of lowered her in a, I can't really do this one more time thing. And Sasha would have, just to do that spot, Sasha has to reduce her body size, right? So she crunches her knees up just enough. And then when she extends them, she's able to extend her straight back up and do the thing. Also, they may have needed to do that because Sasha doesn't necessarily need to be upside down for five minutes. Without. Probably not. <laughs> but anyway, it was amazing that spot. Um, so, like I said, Sasha was fantastic. Bianca was fantastic. This was match of the night. It was one of it was one of the better. Sasha is building a, you know, the hell of the two hell in the cell matches, the um, the uh, takeover. The first, you know, one of Early takeovers with her and Bailey. Right. There was the I quit kind of style, falls kind of anywhere, whatever that was with Sasha, with Charlotte, where they fought all over the building. You know, she's building this catalog of just incredible matches. Nominal. Right. And, the, yeah. and here's the other thing Bailey's in two of them. Charlotte's in one. Becky's in one. Now Bianca's in one. So she's mm-hmm. done it with, she's done it with the whole crew. She's a common denominator. Right. Correct. Correct. And, but, she does take the loss. Bianca gets her in the KOD, finishes her off. Um, It was neat to see if you saw the footage on Twitter or whatever of Sasha not leaving, just crawling out of the way quickly and getting against the barricade and enjoying seeing her coworker that happy. Uh, Montez, the husband, comes down and kisses her. Um, it's just an amazing, amazing moment to see the industry moving forward with this young mm-hmm. superstar being anointed on your biggest stage in night one. 
I, and earning every bit of it, earning it. And not this is not a. They have been knocked many times for not diving into the indies and trying to build stars with their own system, right? And this is a homegrown product. Rhea Ripley tonight will be a homegrown product through the Performance Center, through a system mm-hmm. Triple H built, where we take these people and we teach them how to do things our way. Sasha Banks is a homegrown product. You know, and that's what headlined this thing. Through their hard work. It ain't, you know, Hunter didn't do anything other than give them everything a billion-dollar company can to all the tools you need to be the absolute best version of yourself. Go do it. You know, and they did Mm -hmm. the work and did it. And it's an amazing moment. Now, I do want to put on, to me, the common theme in this thing if you go through these matches, be it Ms. Morrison, be it Drew, be it Seth, be it Sasha, the people who lost their matches did everything they could to make the person they wrestled look fantastic. And that's the key oh, to did. pro wrestling is the guy losing going out there and it being important to them that this performance matters. Yeah. And you did the win losses is not as important as the match being epic. And another thing too is Drew, Seth, Ms. Morrison, and Sasha have a history of such. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's a great place to be at in a company where your talent gets that without other stars we don't matter. And the way we build other stars is I go out here and I kill it and I get pinned. You know, and that's that's a great place to be at. Now, what do you like this format, the two night format? Uh, if they keep it to just WrestleMania, I'm fine with it. Maybe SummerSlam or something like that, I'm fine with it. And they did a great job of it. it uh, you're just booking yourself into a corner of you got to put up a lot of great matches to keep people. And feeling like they got ripped off, you know. So, but they did it tonight, last night. Let's see what they do tonight. I like. You know, you know why I like the format. If if we had had, because you know, there's going to be what were there five or so matches tonight, five or six matches tomorrow, and then you would have had an Andre the Giant Battle Royal and another tag team match. So you're getting on around 14 matches. Mm-hmm. And at some point, like if if. If that was the main event, it's kind of like if you go to a festival and Metallica plays in the middle, that band that comes out loud. Like one time I went to a Lollapalooza where the Smashing Pumpkins followed the Beastie Boys out. It, it, it didn't matter what the Beastie Boys, uh, what the Pumpkins did. You know what I mean? The Beastie Boys had beaten everybody up. I went to a, a Lollapalooza that had like uh, uh, a Pearl Jam and Ice Cube and Ministry and... Soundgarden and you know the Red Hot Chili Peppers came out last, and they walked out and they had like uh, jetpacks on their back with fire shooting out of their hair, and it, it nobody is, cared. It, nobody cared. It was the weirdest thing, but everybody had just seen so freaking much that day. You know what I mean? And it's it's the same thing when you're trying to give me. And I love WrestleMania, and I've been to them, and they're they're amazing. But you can only intake six hours in. 
Yeah, the only reason I wouldn't like it is because if I were to go, I don't know that I'd ever be wealthy enough to be in a town Wednesday and Thursday for takeover and set. I would have to make a choice, I think. You know what I mean? If I'm going yeah. to watch pro wrestling this week, am I going to Mania or am I going to takeover? Because I don't, I don't think I yeah. could afford both ever. I don't think I'll ever have it like that. Uh, barring uh, NBC and, and the Peacock, Deciding to pick up the podcast. But I think they definitely. Uh, I think I, I like it as a move. I think they're definitely trying it. I think they're New Japan kind of pioneered the two night format for me. Absolutely. And I think WWE's like, man, that is pretty good. You can do a lot with that. You know, like you said, it allows you to spend matches. It allows you to give better storytelling. Do two night stories. You know. Right, and, you, could, you know, ne- next year you can have, you know, you can start playing with it. You can have start having a traditional night one tournament that that's, that's for some belt for the for the like well, the you've already started championship tournament. But the other thing is too with with your two mat format, every match feels special. You know, and tonight, think about tonight. You you're getting, you know, all these specialty style like. To, Last night, there was a lot of wrestling. Tonight, we'll really up the ante on spectacle. Also, having the ability to do a multiple main event matters because Roman Reigns kind of had to be the main event this year, but Uh, Sasha and Bianca absolutely deserve to be the main event this year. Yeah. So, being Daniel Bryan and Roman got a lot to live up to. Oh, dude, you ain't lying. You ain't lying, and I can't wait. I'm so excited about tonight. You are too, I assume. I am. I am very excited. Dude, appreciate you calling in this morning, man. This has been a Go Home Heat production, copyright 2021. Thank you so much, Justin. Oh, loved it. Go home. Thank you. Go home.